Hey, what's going on? Good news, good day. Welcome back to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice. We are uh, a week hiatus over. We are here to talk about your Blue Jays. We took a week off and then a bunch of stuff happened. Uh, well, a bunch of November stuff, so not really anything. But we're here to do it, oh. and I'm excited. I mean, and I'm excited. What? What are you going to say? I mean, trading a Ledmus TS isn't nothing. It's not nothing. That's the voice you hear now is, is, uh, is, uh, what do I, how do I say this? What happens now? Old Reliable? Uh, Mr. That's you, that's you, that's yeah, you yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Anderson Stoughton, how are you? I'm doing all right. I don't know why. Yes. I don't know why you, uh, you fired Todd McClellan and not Peter Shirelli, but, uh, who am I? Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like, what? The, what are the Oilers going to do? They should they all be fired into the sun. Indeed. How are they so bad? I think the problem is they didn't tank hard enough. I think that that <laughs> when when they tank and then win the lottery inexplicably, like three years in a row, is 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 uh, by the way, as an aside, is uh, what's his name? Nile Yakupov. Is he still in the league? Is he on I the Oilers? Don't. Think so. Oh, he's not on the Oilers. No, I don't no. think he's in. Is, was he in St. Louis at one point? This is uh, really? scintillating baseball content for all of our, uh, our baseball fan friends here. Um, he is not in the league. He plays in the KHL. Not. Yeah, I would have guessed not. Just the Oilers just keep on winning. Uh, the Blue Jays are winning the offseason. They made a trade. They traded Ledmi's Diaz to the Astros for a high spin pitcher. Warning sign. Warning, warning, warning. What if this is one of those guys that they cook the books on? Ooh, one of the guys are like, yeah. he's got a high spin curveball. And they're like, meh, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he lives a lie. <laughs> that would be fucked up if that was true. Uh, doesn't doesn't everyone have their own minor league track man data now? And don't they, don't they Do know they? all that stuff? I would hope so. We're getting to that point. I, if if they don't, I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, oh, another thing. Uh, another thing uh, <laughs> to add to the list of topics that we were talking about off air is the, as uh, uh, I think Dunedin is is coming along as well. Did you hear the Mark Shapiro interview with Brunt and Blair over the the last couple of somewhere during the last couple of weeks? I um, think you you mentioned it. I thought you maybe alluded to it on online. Yes, but I don't. I didn't. I didn't check it out. What, why don't you indulge me and tell me what happened? Well, the he went he went over a range of topics, obviously. But what struck mm. in my mind when I mentioned the minor league data and the TrackMan stuff is how he was talking about the changes that are coming to Dunedin and you know the super advanced labs they want to have and and you know we're we're getting into they're they're positioning themselves for you know he didn't say this but presumably you know for the age of wearable technology and for high speed cameras and for uh and you know he called it like a, an R&D facility basically mm-hmm. uh, that they're that they're building quote unquote for themselves i.e. with the <laughs> Florida taxpayer money uh down there and it sounds like that's moving along well good mm-hmm. well good um so yeah they let me see us trade I think that I, I don't think you'd be unfair to say the Blue Jays did well in terms of the way that they the 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 price that they paid to acquire him and then the the return they received upon dealing him. Um, we don't want to give the Blue Jays too much credit. Let Diaz had a pretty good year. Yeah. Oh, a, a buddy of mine was like, "What are they trading Diaz for? He was only like one of the only good ones there in the second half." I'm like, "Yeah," but you know. His got... is a job that is promised to someone else. That's correct. At least one other person. There's still um, lots of tryouts, so to speak. In the uh, I'm the I put the Dark Knight on. It seems like it has reappeared on uh, Netflix. So I put it on the famous pool cue scene. So that's that's going to be uh, Lourdes Gurriel and Bo Bichette in spring training, beating each other with broken pool cues to see who gets the play shorts up every day. Maybe we're putting Boba Shett in, in the big leagues too soon. Is I that think, what you're about to say? I, well, I wasn't, but yeah, I think we are. I mean, uh, look what they did with the Guerrero. Why would they? Why would they not do the same thing with Bichette? Because one is not like the other. Perhaps, but uh, I don't know. Bichette hasn't tasted AAA yet. I think maybe a full year there. You know, you want him to be the leader, go to the International League playoffs, and all that. I don't think they're going to be calling him up at midseason because. Uh, you know they they need uh, some air in the tires so they're fucking ch- the bus towards the championship. You know, God willing. 
so yeah, so that that was the big thing, the first, the big piece of Blue Jays news, I guess. Uh, unless you're one of those folks who's been uh, hanging desperately on the uh, 40-man roster machinations, mm-hmm. um, which I have not. They added some guys. You again off camera. We were trying to figure out which trade brought which guy, and failing. <laughs> yeah. What was the guy, one guy's name? Uh, uh, Lake Bobagon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, was that a, is that a Garrison Keeler? Is that who is that who does that? A little bit. He did before. I don't think he does it anymore. No, probably not. Um, yeah, uh, J- Jacob uh, Wagwis back or something. Jesus. I have no well, idea. Yeah, that's the one. But um, he's on the forty man roster, so a bunch of other guys. There are still there's still time to come. Right now, I believe the forty man is probably at forty now. Uh, but there are still many, maybe some DFAs or uh, or has that already happened too? Well, no. The, the I, well, I, well, no. Uh, what what is it? Solarte's still on there. Um, Mark Leiter Jr. is still on there. So there are guys who are probably not going to be on. But you can't, you know, you can't now protect your Jordan Romanos or whoever else. Ah, uh, yes. People uh, got weird about them not protecting Max Pentecost. Max Pentecost. Brandon, that's or, the one. Yeah, that's the one that a lot of people saw. So what was some other Blue Jays news? So yeah, that's the forty man roster, and that's probably all we really need to talk about it. Uh, we'll see some <laughs> other stuff coming. I mean, well, the Max. Are we going to make this a 10-minute mm-hmm. podcast? We're just going to go through each item very briefly? We're just going to say, say this is news. These are things that happen. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, well, that Pentecost, again, Pentecost is a name that people know because he was a, the first-round pick. And, uh, you know, he swung the bat pretty well. But they didn't protect him last year either, if I remember correctly. I believe you're correct, yeah. It's not well, they, they, they wouldn't have because he would still be on the 40-man, right? So Yeah, exactly. So, uh, again, they're, ro- they're rolling the dice. And this is something that... Um, you know, you, I think you've, you'll hear them, Atkins and Shapiro, talk about that they maybe not Shapiro, who was kind of radio silent for a long time, but uh, um, just being like, yeah, we know we got a lot of good players. We got to sort them all out and find space for them. So fans get attached to their pet prospect because that's what they are the guys who are marginally <laughs> marginal to make the 40 man, or maybe they might get taken in the Rule 5 prospect. Mm-hmm. Top prospect. Uh, we have real prospects now. We don't have to live though, life on the margin. Though that, though that is a, that is that would be a nice uh, entry point for the Carson Sestouli hiring as well, because that is a man who is uh, coming in precisely to think about non-prospect prospects, I believe, and and Rule Five possibilities and such. That is with Carson Sestouli, who is was the um, uh, editor, yeah, managing editor for the longest yeah. time, managing editor. He was hosted the Fangraphs. Uh, podcast, one of, that, one of them. One of them, yeah. Oh, they actually do have more than one. He hosted the main man, the one that was called the, Fangraphs yeah, Podcast, the, the flagship Fangraphs Audio. Come on, Drew. Fangraphs Audio. That's right. Well, then I guess wouldn't wouldn't like effectively Wild be the 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 flagship now? Now that it's now uh, that it's at Fangraphs, I don't, I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, so Sestouli, like Dave Cameron before him, even though they did not do the same job. Uh, is works for the Blue Jays. I wonder if he's around. We should give him a call. Oh, he is. He is not relocating apparently. Oh well, what the hell? I know. I think we should run him out of town with pitchforks and torches. Isn't that what we're supposed to do when a Blue Jays employee doesn't want to live in uh, in Toronto? But it turns out a lot of his job can be done on computers these days. You can work on the computer too. <laughs> not just fuck around. No. <laughs> Uh, but hey, that's that's awesome for him, and it's interesting. It's a very interesting hire. Sestouli is um, an eccentric type that I would not have of. Um, you know, he he does he did lots of funny, silly things with math, sort of at Fangraphs. Not the guy that you would see crunching big numbers. Yeah, but I think did really well. You know, if you look at some of the results of the, there was something in the Hardball Times Annual last year about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how it, how the guys his methods in the fringe five identified had worked out. Like I'm I'm writing about this, but I'm I'm sure I'm not going to give too much away. Like, like the Hardball Times piece uh, looks at his twenty like the guys most selected for the fringe five in twenty thirteen and fourteen I think or twelve and thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, like two of them are, are Mookie Betts and uh, Jose Ramirez. Just like okay, let's you're you're doing something right, I guess. Mookie Betts when he was a young uh, upstart second baseman in the Red Sox system. Yeah. Uh, who knew? Well, who knew? So apparently, the Blue yeah. Jays just hired him. Well, that's, I'm sure that the Mookie Betts of the Blue Jays is lurking in the background. <laughs> you can all expect 
uh, a 10 win player just to appear out of the ether. <laughs> and if not, we can hold Carson Sestouli <laughs> responsible. I mean, it, it, I'm sure it is exactly that simple. That's what he's there to do. Find the next Mookie Betts. Uh, the other thing, the one thing I do hold Carson Sestouli responsible for is the song, that stupid song getting stuck oh, in my Her, head. Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly uh, Yes. That stupid song. That's now I couldn't think of the name, but I can definitely hear the, the tune in my head, and I wish I couldn't. Uh, other Blue Jays stuff. I don't, maybe I don't wish. Uh, but now, as I'm talking about it, it is going away from the Tijuana Brass. Now it's becoming Brass Bonanza. So now I'm thinking about the Hartford Whalers. On this, oh, the hockeyest edition, hockeyest edition of Birds All Day. Um, another piece of Blue Jays news: Jeff, uh, sorry, Griffin, Jeff Conine, his son Griffin Conine, popped fifty games for taking what is clearly a masking agent. <laughs> yeah, the Ritalin. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's so strange that these baseball players just happen to be overprescribed ADHD drugs. Uh, but lo and behold, Griffin Conine got got sloppy. Uh, what what was his thing? Was it an oversight or a mistake? I don't know. He I don't know. He didn't really yeah. back down from. Him. He's like, oh, that was dumb. Well, the the thing is, as I tweeted at the time, uh, you get a therapeutic use exemption if you're a big leaguer. But since minor leaguers do not have, say, a union uh, protecting them and 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 you know collectively bargaining what should or shouldn't be in you know shouldn't cause a positive drug test or not uh, or cause a suspension. Uh, they just sort of have it dictated from the commissioner's office. Uh, there's a difference between what you get suspended for in the big leagues or what you get suspended for in the minors. And uh, I don't know the you know the context of what you know where, where how Conine had this in his system. Whether he was just he just was taking Ritalin and and didn't have an exemption or what. Uh, but if that's the thing he wanted to do in the big leagues, he could have just done it. it True, but I think. Who was it? Was it there was somebody that had therapeutic? I can't think of the case now, but there was a, someone who had been who had a therapeutic use exemption and then let it lapse. It Chris Davis. Oh, of course, Chris Davis. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, That's the uh, one I thought so. Yeah, he had it, he, and then he didn't. Yeah, he let it lapse. He didn't get it the, that the next year, but kept using it and got popped as well. And was like, oh yeah, sorry, I had an exemption. But yeah, I don't. I haven't seen anything super recent. And then he it, became it, very, very, <laughs> very, very bad after that. <laughs> that poor son of a bitch. Um, but I think there, there seems to be a very high correlation between ball players and people you know, higher than the general population. People who need, uh, or at least say they need or are prescribed, uh, those ADHD drugs. So, uh, a Someone who's going to give the benefit of the doubt to the, to the ball players would say, like, maybe that's just uh, the nature of the game. Maybe it's that sort of hyper level of attention. Uh, I'm just bullshitting. Obviously, it's they're using it just for something else. <laughs> I mean, there's some, someone probably just put some riddle in. There's some riddling already on the table when he's doing a big fucking line off it. <laughs> I, I he's not a hockey player yeah i don't think the minor leagues are maybe quite the same these days though that's probably naive to, to suggest that mm-hmm. uh speaking of which a former religious prospect connor green got dfa'd um just this week uh there was a spat of dfas around the league one of them we're going to talk about actually after this uh we don't i'm not here to revel in connor green's uh, uh lack of success um, I'm sure that maybe he'll bounce back. Maybe someone else, if he still has a live arm, he'll get a shot somewhere. Oh, I he'll absolutely, I mean, yeah. He'll find a team interested in his services and try to fix them for sure. I mean, he throws it hard enough that it's uh, uh, that's a thing. Though it, it, it does kind of feel like he throws just as hard now as he ever did, but uh, the, the, the bars have just sort of gone past him over the time from when he was like first a prospect to now. It's like, ooh, he was hitting 98. That's great. Now it's like, yeah, I don't yeah. know, Nate Pearson out there hitting fucking 104. Yeah, hit 98. That's like, those are table stakes, my friend. That's, you, you either <laughs> hit 98 or you hit the fucking road. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully, you know, I hope that, hope that Connor Green will still go on to have a robust major league career. I uh, give a shit, that, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, you know, I don't want to, I'm not here I to revel. I don't hope that he doesn't, but I don't, I don't hope that he does. It doesn't really matter to me at this point. 
I'm giving myself cover for reveling in his, <laughs> no for for the reveling in the fact that the Blue Jays succeeded in that trade low largely another fleece, another fleecing of the Cardinals another fleecing of the Cardinals they just can't Cardinals just can't stop losing can't <laughs> so, stop. <laughs> Somebody responded when I was you know, tweeting about that. It was like, yeah, ever, ever since they lost the password to Houston systems, it's been all downhill for their ability to identify you know, talent. Uh, speaking of identifying talent, the Blue Jays identified the talent that they wanted from their hitting coach. Guillermo Martinez is the new Blue Jays hitting coach. Indeed he is. Your guess is as good as mine. There have been profiles on him a bit. And we know when he was the minor league hitting coordinator, I saw there was... Uh, there's a piece just today, Scott Mitchell of, uh, of TSN, talking to him about uh, Bo Bichette. He's a guy who worked with Bichette, or not, excuse me, not Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio. Worked with him to uh, to help with the adjustment that really has, you know, unlocked his uh, his power and the launch angle and stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, they don't really talk about in the, you know, it's just a couple little quotes there. Uh, so they don't really talk about you know, hitting philosophies. It's not, there's no, there's no rope bat video on this guy, as far as I understand, <laughs> but, uh, we should be so lucky, <laughs> but I think there, you know, I think it's uh, a sign that there are some, uh, you know, that's where, that's where the Jays are going. That's where they, they're trying to, uh, uh, they're trying to find guys who are, are on the, you know, in, in tune with the cutting edge and in tune with what, where the industry is at and, and, uh, not, you know, just not I don't want to say retreads but uh but yeah like some people who are uh aware of the changes that are going on around them in the game and are being responsive to them and helping the players maximize in the ways that they you know whatever way they possibly can they want those they want that hunger you gotta be hungry to be at the big league level (laughs) they want you to want to be there you don't deserve to be there's nothing no entitlement no entitlement from the coaching staff because if there's one thing you, you, you can't take it take for granted enough, it's the guys that work like 40-hour days. The guys that are there before the players arrive and there after the players are gone and still have to do all the travel and also have the benefit of being fucking old. What a, <laughs> what a difficult, under underappreciated life that a lot of those guys. And, uh, and speaking, speaking of that, the rope bat video, I think, uh, I think Dave Hudgens also has to get some time in the fucking weight room as well based on how jacked he looks. For like a sixty-year-old or whatever he is, he's got the Earl Stroman school of, uh, of, <laughs> of, of forearms, physical yeah. forearms and upper arms. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that story, uh, this is the first of a few different uh, Blue Jays adjacent stories. I think is where we will sort of head. So uh, I think it's worth noting, or maybe not. Uh, I don't think a Blue Jay got a single vote for any of the postseason awards, which is not like. Really, anything but it. It's also bad. They were very. They they were bad. Not only were they bad. In some ways, they were better than like than the individual performances that that made the team bad. Um, because we we were talking about it at the end of the year. They were barely going to have like a one two win guy. Might have been like Grichik and somebody else kind of nudged it over like the two win mark in the dying dying days of the season, which is a fucking grim. Um. Yeah, no, no postseason uh, awards, but the Hall of Fame ballot was released, which has Blue Jays, which is Blue Jays adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, uh, Roy Halladay is on the, ba- the ballot for the first time. Um, unbelievably, Roy Halladay died over a year ago, which is still crazy. Yeah. It's crazy when we talked about it like two weeks ago, and it's crazy today. Uh, but he's going to get in. He would have got in anyway. I think that he'll probably get in. He'll, he w- he had a Hall of Fame career, the end. Um, are there any? There's nobody else on the on it who's got Blue Jays connections. Larry Walker. Oh, uh, Vernon Wells is on there, I believe. Oh, of uh, course. Darren, Wells, Darren Oliver yeah. is on there also, I believe. Really? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Shit! No way. I forgot about Darren Oliver, like uh, as a Blue Jay, to be honest. Um, because I wrote down Michael Young. Right, of course. Yeah. Michael Young, who um has. If you, Michael, uh, so I got I got called out for this because I made some joke about Michael Young. He's going to get too many votes for the Hall of Fame, which is probably true. He'll probably end up getting a few more than maybe his playing career, uh, you know, suggested. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not to say that Michael Young did not have a spectacular career because he did. Um, he maybe was a little overrated for a while. 
But somebody was like, look at the what Michael Young's like post playing career. A, he had an amazing career, which I probably would have scoffed at five years ago. I mean, like, no, incredible, <laughs> incredible career, made a ton of yeah, money, fair. and uh, and he did get traded though, didn't he? Play for the Phillies at the end or the Dodgers? He got traded, which was unusual. But uh, he was somewhere, yeah. Um, but he's also come out as like the wokest former ball player imaginable. <laughs> I did not realize that actually. His Twitter is a delight. I don't follow him, but every time you see him get retweeted through, it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. I mean, Dale Murphy's pretty uh, pretty high up true, there. True. For, for, and Dale Murphy's even older <laughs> for weird old Murphy's. old white ball players. You wouldn't expect to be woke. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, credit to Michael Young for having a great career. Probably won't get into the Hall of Fame. Ballot's still pretty crowded. And it's crowded because there's guys like Larry Walker who are still on it. Larry Walker mm. is, of course, Canadian. Uh, Bob Elliott was smashing that retweet button this evening with the Larry Walker factoids flying fast and furious. Uh, I don't think it's much of a debate that Larry Walker had a Hall of Fame career, too. Yeah, sure. Actually, no, there's probably a debate. But yeah, I think whatever. I think he had a Hall of Fame career. He did a lot of crazy-ass shit. Yeah. He was a fucking great player for a long time in his Played in obscurity, and then he played in the mountains, and no, everyone just dismisses his numbers for 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 those reasons. But it's hard to argue. Yeah, the numbers he put up. Yeah, no, he was he was incredible. I, if if I really gave a shit about the Hall of Fame, maybe I would uh, I would be you know stumping for him more. But you no, know, it was great. Uh, he's not going to get in. No, unfortunately, uh, Mariano Rivera is going to get in. Yeah, he is uh, Blue Jays adjacent. Uh, one of the best <laughs> is, is pitchers he, of all time. He? Wow. Well, he's he's Blue Jays adjacent, so this is the Blue Jays adjacent part of the podcast. Mariano Rivera is Blue Jays adjacent. Uh, Larry Walker is Blue Jays adjacent because he's Canadian. Which brings me to the Yankees acquiring Canadian pitcher James Paxton. Yeah, that was the thing that happened to you. Also, maybe we'll maybe we'll give a shout to Fred McGriff before we move past the Hall of Fame ballot. Why? Oh, no. Jonah wrote about him, yeah. right? Jonah Jonah Carey wrote all about Fred McGriff. What? Had, but he I, deserves a shout, of course. Sure. On the ballot, I think, still, right? Is he still on the ballot? No. I is think he he's... done? Is he off? Well, maybe. I, if he is, I hope he gets some votes, but I can't see that it happening. If Delgado's I, off, he's off. Look. Let's well, no, Delgado, didn't Delgado... No, but Delgado didn't meet the threshold to stay on, but I think McGriff, McGriff was no, on yeah, for Del, years. Delgado was, like, come and gone. Delgado yeah. was... Robbed. Better than Freddie McGriff, Maybe. I, I, in Jonah's piece, the, uh, he presented the alternate theory, the alternate universe where the Jays trade Olerud instead of McGriff in the uh, in the Carter and Almar trade, and it was like, oh, then McGriff goes on, probably wins a couple World Series. I mean, you can't really play that game, I guess, but uh, uh, you know, you win a couple World Series with the Blue Jays, maybe you stay around here a long time, a little bit longer. It was he when he theorized he was he became a free agent earlier than. Uh, than Olerud did, so the Jays would have had money still at that point. Maybe he would have extended mm-hmm. him, uh, and then maybe he looks more like a Hall of Famer if he's you know if he's that guy. Interesting, interesting thought to de- completely derail your attempts to move no, on. I'm talking is, about James it, Baxton. It is fun. It's good to see Jonah, you know, Jonah popping up, writing about the Blue Jays and stuff. Um, I why would they do that? Jonah was like a rookie <laughs> then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, John Lurud is like one of the greatest, most underrated players ever of all of this era because he didn't hit enough home runs. But goddamn, he could play. Goddamn, could he could he play? Wow. Like swing. I mean, first basemen don't actually have very much value, but uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with like a 480 on base or whatever it was. Yeah, scoff. Yeah. No, he's amazing. Um, so, Freddie McGriff, shout out. James Paxton's Canadian. Got traded to the Yankees. That's bad. Well, is it? It's bad. It's well, it's not. So the uh, the Yankees won a hundred games. Who is the Yankee? The Yankee is the. When I think about it, I'm like, wow, the Yankees' rotation is bullshit. Even though it's really not, because you can't win a hundred games with a bullshit rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had. Uh, they got Severino, they got Tanakh, they got CC Sabathia's coming back for his final year. He's going to retire at the end of the year. And they had, uh, well, they traded for Hap, obviously. So almost like they've replaced Hap with Paxton, but for the full season. Be- because they're getting rid of Sonny Gray. They're, wow. they're going to be out of the Sonny Gray business. <laughs> well, however however many, <laughs> however much part of the season Paxton is actually able to start, but yes. 
What, what are you insinuating? That he's hurt? No, just no, not that he's currently hurt. Just that he, you know, is always hurt and presumably will be again at some point. I mean, he's so a pitcher. They, they do all get hurt. They do all get hurt. James Paxton's also 30 years old. And he doesn't have a ton of mileage. Uh, his path to the big leagues, it took him a little bit to kind of figure it out. Lowered his, <laughs> lowered his arm slot and then suddenly was like, oh, I can throw really hard and get a shit ton of strikeouts now. Yeah, I'm not um, sure. He's not even really Jay's adjacent uh, when you think about his path to the <laughs> to the big leagues and his path to independent ball because he got uh, uh, he was ruled ineligible to pitch in the NCAA. Somebody called me out because I made some comment to someone else uh, in a, in a reply to a tweet. I said, "Oh, that Beeston did him dirty," and some someone took extreme exception to that characterization of what uh, Paul Beeston's role. And I mean. Uh, to his point, James Paxton did hire an agent when he wasn't supposed to. What? Well, we Jesus. Let's yeah. Let's uh, let's ban them all from the NCAA. Let's just get rid of the NCAA altogether. How would not you like unfair. that? <laughs> not untrue. Not unfair. But anyway, so Paxton is a is a Yankee now, which is bummer news for Blue Jays fans. Of course, Paxton pitched a no hitter in Toronto, which was a great. Uh, this. The, the two highlights of the Blue Jays season yeah, were James Paxton hitting a, pitching a no-hitter and Vlad Guerrero hitting a walk-off home run in spring training. Those yeah. are the two greatest moments of the 2018 Blue Jays. <laughs> but the fucked up thing about the Guerrero thing, just for a, a sidebar, is that we all fucking knew it at the time, too. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, God, I hope that's not the highlight of the season. Yeah, of course it fucking was. No, it absolutely was. And uh, I, made a, I made a crack on Twitter. I don't know when it was, but like, the Orioles, who were so abysmal, they uh, Adam Jones had a walk-off home run on opening day, which made that meant that the Orioles season highlight came after the Blue Jays season highlight, and the Orioles won like fifty games all season. Long. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, fun, fun tip. But the reason we're really talking about James Paxton is not because he's on the Yankees. The Yankees and the Blue Jays aren't really going to be competing head to head in twenty nineteen. Um, there are those of us or those those of us who would maybe hang on to hope that the Blue Jays plucky group of upstart children and expensive, creaky old guys can pull it all together and turn in a magical year. Um, that got marginally more difficult because the Yankees got marginally better. The Yankees were already not marginally better than the Blue Jays. Uh, they're still not as good as the Red Sox. But who re-signed Steve Pierce, by the way? Mm-hmm. Um, six million bucks, which is... About what he got. Did you guys get him eight for two? Anyway. Something something like that. Or 12 for two, maybe? 12 for two, yeah. yeah. So Steve Pierce not getting raises that much, but got, got a job. But the reason we're going to talk about James Paxton is because James Paxton has two years left until he becomes a free agent. Not unlike Toronto Blue Jays starter Marcus Stroman. There have been many trade rumors surrounding Marcus Stroman. There was a story that the Reds were sniffing after him. But then I read on The Athletic, Toronto, that maybe the trade rumors around Marcus Stroman are a little overblown. Uh, if I could reach out to the author of that piece, I would love for them to uh, offer their reasoning. Why maybe they haven't been pursuing the trades as we as we expected. Well, you know, I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, well, I mean, the, for one, and I think Stroman himself would tell you because I believe he did talk about it when it happened. It was it, you know it was a fucking John Morosi. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Rumor. So that's one reason to to sort of be skeptical. And just you, you know, you look, you parse the language, and he's not saying things. He's saying, you know, he's saying things that you know he is reporting certain things that you know we've had this conversation before, right? Like the, mm-hmm. that are not untrue, but is phrasing them in a way to make them seem more uh, significant than they are, right? It's like, oh, the Jays haven't had any uh, serious discussions about Strowman. Despite interest from teams like the Reds, who would be interested, or whatever the hell he's, it's like okay, yeah, Cincinnati needs pitching, and they probably, I don't doubt that maybe at some point there was a call. I mean, they're talking to everybody all the time. I'm sure there was a call where it's like, hey, what about Strowman? Oh well, what about this guy? Uh, you know, it's just that he's referring to a thing that would be it'd be weirder if it hadn't happened, and is referring to it in such vague language that. Who the hell knows? But uh, but taking it on you know face value, uh, if he's if he's correct that the Jays, well he didn't say the Jays won't trade him. They just said they haven't had serious discussions, and uh, there was no yet in there. But there might as well have been. Uh, but maybe they should. 
That's where I was See, coming from. I don't think that they should. Okay. Not now. Um, Marcus Stroman did not pitch very well last year. Marcus Stroman is kind of trending in the wrong direction as far as pitching in the big leagues goes. Trend what? Yeah. Obviously, well, the league is throwing harder. The league is getting yeah. more strikeouts. He's getting fewer. His control is was 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 off this year. It, it, it's easy, and it's it's. You wish you could just flush 2018. None of it's real. None of it matters. But you can't, and it does. He didn't pitch well in 2018, which I think you're to your point. You you are of the the mind that his like I'm suggesting that his trade value is at an all time low, and you're saying maybe that's not true. I, I'm saying it could both be at an all time low and be the highest it's ever going to be from here on out. Basically. Not untrue. <laughs> but also, and, and no, I, I would that's... also say I think you can make a case that 2018 wasn't as bad as as you're saying. I mean, if you look at those numbers as a whole, they're ugly. But when you you know mm-hmm. he went into the season with his shoulder barking, which isn't exactly you know a point mm-hmm. in his favor. But when he came back from the DL, uh, there were 12 starts. He pitched without discomfort, presumably pitched fine, looked like himself. The ERA was maybe a touch high. I think it was 429 over that over that stretch, but. Uh, the FIP was better. The peripherals, you know, the ground balls look the same. He's not. He's like you say. He's not. Uh, he's not a guy who looks like the the prototypical pitcher. He never has been. But he does. But especially without the swing and miss, you know, he's not a Paxton. Uh, but and then he ended the season with you know blister problems. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and missed the end of September. But uh, or missed basically all of September. I think he made one start that month. But he looked like himself. I think. For 12 starts. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's me trying to convince myself, but I, and maybe the Jays wouldn't be able to, you know, would be pulling the wool over somebody's eyes if they were like, oh no, just look at, just look at this and not that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I assume that real life and real conversations don't work that way, but I, I don't know. I don't know that the value is that low. And like I say, uh, it could, it could be low and it could still not necessarily ever go up. So I think that's the risk. Well, I don't think that's the risk. That is the risk. The risk that you take. So my, my position is that you don't have to trade Stroman now. You still have like at least four more kind of trade windows before you need to make a decision, essentially. Like you still have the, you know, the 2019 trade deadline and you have the following offseason where, yeah, his value will be lessened a little bit. But um, I think that looking to the package that James Paxton fetched from the Yankees is probably a maybe... A, it's the reason why you shouldn't be in any, in any rush because you're not going to get the same caliber of package. And that package, it seemed to be, you know, head up, headed up by Justice Sheffield uh, was a little light. That seemed to be the consensus from prospect watchers and, and, and people around the game. Mariners fans livid um, because they, uh, as soon as he's a Yankees prospect who gets traded, it starts to be like, man, eh, maybe he's more like a number three. Right, Sorry. yeah. Uh, or though, maybe he'd be okay in the bullpen. Though, though uh, you know, there, I think the industry as a whole seemed to be soft on him, and uh, I, I'm I'm willing to believe that, but Keith Law, I think, was an outlier on that. He had him mm-hmm. in his midseason top 50 as number 12. Yeah, he. I saw so, he mentioned that in one of his emails, that he, uh, someone he's, he is someone who Law is really high on. Um, so, so it, I mean, I'm not saying to believe that because that's what Law says, but it, it just makes it possible that there are people in the Mariners front office who believe the same thing and that they're not getting as light a package so uh but the, it's still even I mean if he's the number tw- if he's the 12th best prospect in baseball then yeah I guess it's uh, that's maybe a fairer package but uh mm-hmm. but yeah it, it would be light I, I don't know that it's a, a package for Stroman is ever going to get better well I feel like if he does if he comes out in 2019 and he's able to replicate the the performance that you just mentioned in that handful of starts or you know 12 starts, 10 starts after his shoulder was healthy and before the the blisters came back. If he can come back and A, show himself to be effective and B, show himself to be healthy, well, that's not going to make his trade value worse. Uh, he's a guy who has, you know, pitched and performed very well in like high in the postseason, which is going to obviously have value for the kind of team that's going to be pursuing him at the trade deadline if that's the, the route that the Blue Jays want to go. And the other side of that is, uh, it's kind of almost like a like there are three sides of it. It's like okay, trade him. Do you do it now? Do you not do it at all? Or sorry, do you do it now? Do you do it later? Do you wait a year? Do you wait six months? Whatever. The other side is that just keep him because you need someone to pitch and you need uh, a real pitcher, not not some some smoke and mirrors child who's you know made ten <laughs> starts in the big leagues. 
Um, and the other, and and I'm I'm not going to. I mean, you don't want to overvalue it, but there's a there's a, probably nobody on the team who has as much um, equity, like fan equity. Mm-hmm. Someone who's who's a big part of the team, like he, he the the you can't tell the story of the recent Blue Jays, um, you know, the run of success, brief as it was. You can't that that you can't tell that without Marcus Stroman. Like he's he was instrumental in that. He's pitched in huge games, pitched in Game Five of the ALDS, he pitched in the Wild Card Game um, against the Orioles. Like he's he pitched a lot of big games, and he's well liked, and he has you know his business interests that are uh, obviously right now intertwined with the Blue Jays and the city of Toronto. So he's not someone that I'd be in a hurry to trade is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, when I suggested this much online, people were saying, well, then what are you proposing then to extend him? Well, maybe, maybe not. Um, if, if, if there's value in it, in that if you feel like you can get some below market years out of the, out of the thing, maybe you look to extend him. He's still pretty young, two years younger than Paxton. I don't know if I said that mm-hmm. already, but yeah, sure. I mean, he's still a couple of years away from being thirty. So maybe you sign him to a little extension, but I don't know why if he would want to do that. But yeah, if it's I out know. there, maybe maybe pursue it. But I mean, the twenty twenty. If you trade him, are you saying the twenty twenty and twenty nineteen are going to be total like write off rebuild years? If you want to be good in twenty twenty. Mark Stroman sure makes that a lot easier. Yeah, he he absolutely does. That's the that's the argument against it. But it's I mean, for me, I, you know, I don't want to be. I don't think that the Blue Jays should be or fans should be you know too scarred, bad as it was by the uh, the Josh Donaldson thing and how that worked out. But obviously, they took a risk there, despite the fact that everyone thinks that they're you know super risk averse. But uh, they did take a risk in bringing Donaldson back and not trading him, and and and, and obviously. Uh, we could debate whether that was the right move at the time, you know, based on how realistic it was to whether they could make the playoffs or not. Uh, but, uh, but that the, they were trying to make the playoffs. They were trying to be a good team. You know, they were making, you know, positive moves in that direction. You know, they signed Granderson, they, they signed Garcia moves that didn't move the needle enough, obviously. Uh, but it just, I, I mean, yeah, 2020, Maybe, but but that's not there. I think with the Strowman, right? I mean, I think that there. It's like okay, yeah, it's a it's a risk to not move him, uh, just to, like as it was with Donaldson. I just the the fact that you know what, like what are, it's just what are you keeping him for at this point? And Donaldson, I think you could point to the fact that they were hoping to contend that year, and it's maybe a little mm-hmm. bit harder with Strowman, where it's like okay, well, it's not for this year. It's for the fifty fifty chance that twenty twenty we hit ahead of schedule. Which you would hate to not have it, but also you you know the way that the Jays have been really identifying and trading for upper level talent. I mean, maybe somebody comes in who can help you in twenty twenty. I mean, he won't be a Stroman uh, almost certainly, but uh, it, it just seems to me that there's going and, and not even not even necessarily that the Jays would want to trade him or would be looking to trade him, but. Uh, I would figure that there are teams around the league, as the Cardinals tried to do last year with Donaldson, and, and just play to common sense and be like, "Look, we like we value this kind of player more that like it, he has more value to another team than he does to the Blue Jays because the the Jays, you know, not wanting, you know, not you know, accepting that 2019 is going to be a thing. So uh, that being the case, like, why wouldn't a team make the the Jays a deal that? They ultimately, or you know, make them an offer that they ultimately look at and say, "Well, yeah, they, this guy clearly does have more value to them them than he does to us." I, I would think that that kind of a deal would end up being out there. Oh, for sure. I, I don't doubt that at all. It's interesting to watch. I, I think that 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 even putting that aside for now, I think we can we can sum it up. Put put the put the choice choice or the, the question about trading him. Or keeping him, or whatever, being good in 2019. I just don't think. I I think his his value is pretty low. And yeah, sure, there's a risk of uh, it not getting any higher, but but that's going to be built into the price now anyway, um, because there are so many question marks. Because he hasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't healthy, and the 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 blisters are are persistent persistent thing. And I mean, he's not as bad as the other one, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's tough. It's talking about the trading market. Stroman sucks. It's, it's, you know, you you don't get players who are good and kind of woven into the fabric of the team, and also like entertaining and outgoing and athletic and just like fun to cheer for mostly. 
Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of people might tell you not, but uh, I certainly agree with that. Well, it's not boring, which is that's uh, absolutely true. No, which is uh, like a, definitely a mark in the in the right direction. So yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be tough, and and if they do it, there's a lot of pressure again. There's a, like any trade. If, if you're trading a, a, a you know, essentially trading your best starter, um, there's a lot of pressure to get it right. And when the names in the deal are not the ones that people know or love the best, then it it, be, it sours it. It sours those, those sorts of deals in 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 uh, the the minds of fans. But when you have people like Carson Sestouli in your ranks, and you're like, let's find the the undervalued pieces, and let's make good decisions that that aren't the uh, most crowd pleasing. Uh, you believe in your process, I guess, right? That's... I, I, I think so. But uh, so, what if we could apply the same conversation basically to Ken Giles, to Randall Gritchick, both also due to be free agents after 2020, which I kind of did in the piece that I wrote this week. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that would that are they are they different? For, I mean, obviously different different situations in terms of health, but I mean, Giles has question marks. You could say you could want to wait on Giles too, or you could look at, at you know maybe relievers do a little bit better on the. Uh, of the July 31st market, but that means he has to be healthy July 31st, and that means he has to be pitching well. And, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe he did enough at the end of the season to, to you know, change people's minds about what they might have thought of him at midseason. Like, he looked fine as long as he <laughs> was pitching in a save situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like what, So where would you be at on that? I think those two – I think those two players in particular, Giles and Gritchick – they're to me their their ceilings are way more limited than Marcus Stroman, and maybe that is not an accurate view of what Stroman can be or will be moving forward, um, given his inability to sort of um, miss bats as we've sort of bemoaned more than once. Uh, you know, maybe the 2016 version of Marcus Stroman is not soon to return or ever to return, but uh, I still think that a guy who has, despite his injuries last year, has has thrown 200 innings who um, you know, was a freak injury away from, from being the kind of opening day starter again for, for a very good team. Um, I think Gritchick's ceiling is kind of what we saw. Um, he's a competent outfielder who's got a lot of power, still was going to struggle to get on base for the most part. Um, definitely like a lead, you know, above average hitter when things are right, but he's not like a, even a four or five win guy, which I think Stroman could still be. Absolutely. could be a four or five win, win sure. pitcher. I don't sure. think that's a, that's a big stretch. And uh, and Giles is, is a reliever. He's a really good reliever, but he's not a four or five win caliber reliever. No, um, he's he could absolutely a, a, a very good team can add him to their stable of bullpen maniacs that uh, everybody's trying to build these days. Um, sure, he has a lot of trade value, but I, I think that I think yeah, I think Stroman in my mind is on another level compared to those two, just because of his. Um, just because of his ceiling and because of his his track record and because of his age as well. Fair, fair. So you're so you want to trade Giles and Gritchick? Unbelievable. Okay. I trade. Run out of those guys. Run out of town. Yeah, I would trade out of those guys for a good. I mean, I I wouldn't. I'm not. I wouldn't be in a rush to trade Randall Gritchick because the players that you are presuming to put into the, their places haven't really um, grabbed the reins, so to speak. Yeah. And, uh, and and asserted themselves as big leaguers in need of. Playing time and jobs and a, and a good hard look. <laughs> yeah. Um, they still, I mean, they still really believe in Anthony Alford from, from all signals are pointing to that. Not only the fact that, you know, as we talked about uh, in September, he was sent down or he wasn't, he, they, they called him up two weeks into the, into September. You know, they left him, you know, at home. I forgot for, how mad I was about that. Thank you. <laughs> right. Uh, and then also to go back to what I was referencing earlier, the uh, the Shapiro interview with uh, Blair and Brunt, he was also talking about, you know, culture and leadership and the, you know, the, what they're trying to build in that respect and, and, uh, and was saying that like, they, he, he named a few guys that they were, they're like, they're taken to some fucking boot camp or some dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to you know see what to to I don't know just to see what they can learn from that I don't I I don't want to think too much about about you know <laughs> that being the uh, their preferred method of doing it but uh, uh, but I think it, like it was Danny Jansen it was uh, it was 
Guerrero Bichette, I think, and and Alfred. You know, or I I don't know if Guerrero or Bichette necessarily were in there, but but it's basically mm-hmm. the guys that they I've identified as players who are going to be the leaders, vocal or not, or at least you know the centerpieces, the guys who are going to be here and are going to be you know mm-hmm. year in year out, sort of the the guys people end up in the next few years looking to, or you know maybe far not in the next few years, but you know even farther down the line looking to when they come into the clubhouse as a new player and being like, this is, you know, representing and showing what the Blue Jays way is or whatever, you know, this is all sounding very uh, mm-hmm. management textbooky a little bit, but, uh, but anyway, Alfred was part of that group. And my point is that I think that, you know, they, they still think very highly. I don't know that that means that they would trade Gritchick and just give Alfred the job without, you know, a, without a tight, without a, a net, you know, just why, because I don't think there's, really anybody who's close to the big leagues who would be all that comfortable playing in center field it's presuming that kevin pilar goes but that's also it's possible that kevin pilar stays and they move Gritchick and uh, lets alfred much more comfortably take that job over but also you know Gritchick can play in a, a corner but uh i don't know i i, I don't know that uh i i think you're right because like i say behind alfred is it's pretty bleak uh but I think he's still a guy that they would feel comfortable with if they did move Gritchick, uh, given a lot of playing time to in 2019. I'd love to feel comfortable with Anthony Alford. <laughs> I don't know. Or he would, stay, yeah. be able to stay on the field and or perform when he's out there. Um, obviously, <laughs> right? he, yeah. he's hit in the minor leagues, and, and I would probably be, um, you know, it's unfair to maybe criticize his production in like a kind of very small window, a very small sample. But uh, the, the injury thing is. You're healthy. You're injury prone until you're not. But I'd like to see the not. I'd like to see him healthy. I'd like to see him be able to play and like have an extended run. And and that was sort of, um, you know, we've had this discussion. I think with Pilar even where Pilar hit for this chunk and then he was gone. Then he hit for that chunk. No, was it Pilar? There's somebody I can't remember. I've had made the same point where like they hit in fits and starts, and you can kind of point to like he was here good here and good here. But then when you start to keep him out there and he's making those trips around the league and getting exposed and finally being healthy. It's like, Oh no, he can't hit at all. But, uh, <laughs> but that's good to, it's good to know that, that you assume that the, the, the team, the blue Jays in particular are not going to arrive at that choice lightly um, to like include him in like a, you're one of our cornerstones. You're one of our pillars. You're going to be here for a long time. That's cool. That's good to hear. Yeah, I, 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 like I think that. so. I think so, yeah. Um, I think that's about it. We've done pretty well for um, here at the end of November. Winter meetings are coming up. I think you'll probably be hearing a little bit more from us during the winter meetings, hopefully. It'd be nice yeah, yeah. Have some have some excitement, have some stuff going on. There's still all of the um, Bryce Harpering and, and Manny Machado-ing to, uh, to contend with. And, uh, and yeah, there's lots of moves to make. Jay Happ, future Blue Jay, Jay Happ. <laughs> Why not? Right? Sign him. Sure. Sign him. Sign him and then uh, trade him again in July. Let's go. If you're Jay Happ, that's what you're signing up for. As well. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, no, fuck. Uh, all right. Let's go. Let's go for 2020 then. You can sign Jay Happ two year deal. And then just, and then be good in 2020. And then everybody, you know, all your veterans are just gone. <laughs> just as, just as you get to Vlad's like second pre arb year. Or I guess first, yeah. because of the way they're going to manipulate it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's fun. Or no, no, it would be it would be a second. Twenty twenty one will be the the second one. Uh, you know, I don't know if that the, I don't know that that's the way that they should go. Where it's like, yeah, let's build around Stroman and and <laughs> and Grichik. and then when it really matters, when you know Vlad's really providing. Uh, you know, surplus value by being amazing and getting paid nothing. Uh, oh, also uh, a bunch of these guys, Charles Strowman, they're all gone. Might be an idea to uh, to find some pieces that are going to fit better with the timeline. Why well, Vlad can do all, all things? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be the uh, Connor McDavid. <laughs> to, they, to bring it all up. There you go. Back home. Yeah. There's the callback at the end of the show. <laughs> uh, that's it for this edition of Birds All Day. 
Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, for listening, for sticking with us, for coming back to hear Blue Jays talk in November 2018, uh, when we're spending extended amounts of period of, uh, extended periods of time ruminating on proposed Marcus Stroman trades. But uh, it's fun. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're back this week. Um, of course, you can uh, hook it up at patreon.com slash birds all day. We are Patreon powered by the supporters, by our listeners, and we thank each and every one of you, everyone who's, who's uh, been with us. We're going into, this would be the fifth season. 15, 16, 17, 18. We've done four full seasons. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's fucked. It is. This, we, we, will, we will record the 200th episode of Birds All Day in the, uh, in the new year, I presumably before the season starts we'll have we will hit episode 200 which is crazy so thank you everybody for listening uh again if you can go to the apple podcast app and find birds all day if you don't subscribe do it there uh you can find us at soundcloud.com slash birds all day you can find us on facebook you can read stoughton at the athletic you can follow us each on twitter excuse me And uh, yeah, we've got some fun stuff that we're planning for for the off season as well. Maybe some new things that we'll uh, maybe live behind the Patreon paywall at first. But um, if you if you're still on the fence, then wait. And then when you see it or you hear it, then you can make that move. And if you haven't, then uh, yeah, look ahead. We'll have some fun stuff coming up. I think. And I will probably we'll, we'll do some we'll do a super bad or two again. We'll get we'll get those cracking again at some point, I believe. Right now, the the pickings they are thin. Yeah, but once there's more stuff to talk about, and again, as I said, I think you'll be hearing a bit more from us during the winter meetings. Yeah, as uh, we'll look to maybe do some daily dispatches at the very least. So, uh, so for Andrew Stone, my name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day. Yeah.